morning. It's great to be back with you for another episode of the Disruptive Voices in the Pacific. Another episode usually means that I'm sitting in another cafe somewhere in Suva talking to my friends. And today with me I have Jackie Whippy. Hi, Letitia. Hi. So exciting that we are in Fiji together because you're usually out and about around the world somewhere. So you're visiting and um, we get to be together. And on Wednesday night, uh, we did something new here in Suva. Uh, We did a session for single women, of which there are many and of which we are both. I'm 48 and single and you're 41. This is not an advertisement, though, for a boyfriend for Jackie. No, No, thank you. She's very happy, very happy single, so we're not advertising ourselves. But um, we both have a big passion to see young women uh, live this season, whether it's, you know, a a short season or a longer season, to live it well, uh, to not waste the time, to realise this is a time to develop ourselves, our relationship with God and our purpose in Him. So Wednesday night, we gathered um, about 25 young women at Manor Cafe and um, really encouraged them in three things. First of all, um, how to live boldly and beautifully for Jesus in your single life. Uh, We talked about getting healing, knowing your value and worth in Jesus, and then finding a purpose. But most of the night was centred around our healing because I think um, many of the women in there have been through whether it's multiple relationships, breakups, <laughs> abuse, you name it. And um, you really opened the night up for us because I love this is why we're friends because you're so honest. Um, and we need honest. I think that's the first step to healing is honesty uh, and understanding. But um, yeah, just maybe give us a bit of an overview and then I'll delve deeper into some of the areas. But a bit of an overview, you only became a Christian at the age of 35. So what was going on in your life for uh, those first few years that caused a bit of brokenness? When I was 35? No, leading up to that. <laughs> like from 18 to 35. Okay, from 18 to 35. So you want me to talk about everything that I spoke uh, on Wednesday night? Okay, so... Um, okay, so th- th- there's, there's, there's a lot of things that's been going on in my life. And um, I think when you look at it, when you look at the brokenness in your life, um, from 18, well, if I want to just track back to when I was a child. Um, so it's, it comes, and then you have to look at the root cause of all of this. So I think for me, the root cause was a broken family coming from, you know, a divorced, uh, you know, family and then raised by a single mother um, and and then and then through all of that i mean my mom did the best that she could you know i mean how would you feel as a single woman in your 30s raising two uh, three three daughters and the man that you fell in love with that you thought you committed your life to divorced you because of you know things um, and then he remarried a year later. That would destroy your ego, you know, you with everything that you believed that you're a beautiful woman. So I, I now understand what my mom went through. But because of that, and you know, her trying to raise three girls, and then having people, you know, um, you know, help grow, um, bring us up in life. Um, through the course of that, I, I went through. I actually experienced uh, sexual abuse. 
And then which led to me, at the time I didn't know, now I know, um, also abusing another cousin of mine, but nothing like under the, you know, underneath clothes, it was just all above clothes and stuff like that. And, you know, I, that really um, um, destroyed, you know, um, my image of, you know, and I'm sorry, it didn't destroy, it was normal, that's what I believed. And then from that, you know, um, uh, uh, teenage drinking, and then teenage drinking, and so, and then my friends became my family, instead of my family, becoming my family, because the truth that I found was with my friends. And so, one evening, my friend wanted me to accompany her to a party and I didn't want to go. But because she was my friend and she begged me, I went along. I went to that party, ended up drinking with them because I'm easily persuaded. And so with the drinking, then I blacked out and then found out later in the morning that I was raped by three men. And then that led to suicide, Want me wanting to commit suicide. I was so thankful. Um, that I was in a, in a gospel school that uh, my scripture teachers kind of got wind of my behavior and um, uh, quickly set up a family meeting and so my dad took over my upbringing which was good because uh, I needed that like a man to be in my life to look after me and then later on it's still the my, my choices wasn't great I went to Australia and to New Zealand to do school fell in love dated a guy got pregnant and then I didn't know what to do um, and then because he wasn't sure himself and there was a lot of indec indecisiveness I felt alone and my dad I called my dad and uh, I had an abortion. I came back to Fiji, had an abortion. And that messed me up because I started drinking heavily. And then he was worried about me. Um, and I just hated myself. And then I started dating this guy that I fell in love with um, for five years. And then thinking that this was going to lead to marriage and everything. Um, and then he cheats on me. And so... And then he cheats on me, and so that kind of threw me off the rails a little bit. And then I started to think, okay, well, you know, enough with men. Um, I'm just going to try dating women. Maybe that's going to be, you know, because we understand each other. And so I, I started dating women, but then I thought that was just the worst thing ever because very emotional, and it was just screwed up. So, you know, like from, I think from 28 to 35, I had three female relationships. None of them lasted over a year. And it goes to figure when two women are together, we're already like cranky. So it's just not going to work out. <coughs> yeah, I can talk more about that if anyone, you know, wants to reach out to me. And yeah, and, and so, um, but even in the course from 28 to 35, I dated women I dated men but you know I was looking for something that wasn't there and then I found Jesus we'll come back to Jesus and thank the Lord you found Jesus because I don't know who you were going to date next um, but I mean that's the reality isn't it of just being lost when you have um, when there is no God in your life to center you and uh, fill those gaps so thank you for um, that overview you've lived um, enough and it's funny for me because I've only known you since Jesus and to imagine this Jackie with all this 
other life is really hard, although I've seen a few photos where you looked pretty wild um, in there. Now, look, you talked about your abortion, which um, is huge. And thank you again for your honesty, because it's not something that is talked about at all here in Fiji. Um, you mentioned the other night that if someone in your life had just said, keep the baby, we will support you, that may have changed. Yes. Yeah. But no one, I mean, your dad kind of came in and, and he really encouraged you to seek the abortion. Um, yeah, with him, it was not even a th- a th- anything to think about. He was he was worried about my future, and so he thought having a baby would just disrupt all of it. I think my mom at the time would have supported me, but my relationship with her was, um, you know, like it was one day it was good, one day it was bad, um, because I I was getting a lot of stress from her. But I think she would have supported me, but at the time. She wasn't the support that I wanted. I wanted the support from the man that, you know, that we I was in a relationship with. And because he didn't back me, you know, I just didn't know what to do. And so I turned to my father because I think with him, there was no judgment. And I think that's what I needed at the time. No one to judge me. But if he said, you know, he would support me or like, you know, let's not do this. I just needed more support than than what I, what I had at the time. And I just want to put a little plug in there because I think that's huge. Uh, um, in Australia, we've, statistics say that 70% of women who have abortions said they wouldn't have if there was support. I mean, that's huge, 70%. Um, so it's, it is that suddenly a surprise. Man, I wasn't planning a baby, now I'm pregnant. Uh, the, the man's run away, where do I find the support? It becomes overwhelming, so the easy option, especially in Australia, and you're only 20, so you're still young. Um, so I want to put a plug in for Life Runners. They're a great group here in Fiji that offer support, offer counselling. Uh, they have a Facebook page. So if you're currently out there listening to this and you've found that you're unexpectedly pregnant, reach out to Life Runners or contact me or Jackie and we will help put you in touch. Now, abortion is illegal here in Fiji, so where did you go? <laughs> well, um, I don't think the doctor's practicing now. I'm, I'm not sure. I forgot his, his name. But this was back in, oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 20 years ago, 2002. Yeah, I think it was 2002. Yeah if I'm correct, or the end of 2002 or beginning of 2003, something like that, Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think, yeah, well, it was illegal at the time because I was five months, yeah, Mm -mm. mm-mm, mm-mm. So you just went to a private doctor, can I ask you the procedure that he did on you? I'm trying to remember, um... I think I went in, and it was just injection. He gave me an injection or two, but see, everything else after that was bl- a blur. I think I was just overdosed on drugs, and um, oh, and it's an awful experience because I think he was, and he he was he was, I believe he was a good doctor because he was concerned about me and and. Uh, no, concerned, well, concerned about me because of the pain I was going through. 
like I think I was having contractions or something like that. And he asked, or oh, do you want more painkillers? And I said no, because I believed that um, that I was killing this baby, so I should deserve every th- pain that I get. And he felt sorry for me, and he's like, and he just um, told me to just turn around and, and gave me um, more painkillers. Um, yeah. Even at the time, I was just so confused. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Mm-mm. Uh, yep, that's understandable as a 20-year-old woman. Um, and so you have the abortion. I mean, the months after that, did you think about it much or did you just put it in the back of your mind and get on with life? Oh, no. you Yeah, you, you think about it. Like, even now... Like I think, you know, I think to myself, oh my gosh, like I don't want to get emotional right now, but of how old, and I believe that I had a son. I asked the doctor, I'm not, I think he didn't tell me, but I don't know, like, you know, mother's intuition. I think I believe that I had a son. And so, you know, I, oh, um, I was, I was, okay, so, so backtrack. I was in Jordan. I just came back from Jordan. And so I, I got to know this 20 year old. And when I got to know her and found out how, what year she was born, and I was thinking, my gosh, this is the same year my son was born. She was born in December, but he would have been born in around June, July. And so just being around her, for some reason, it brought back all of those, um, you know, those memories. And so I think um intuitively i was very protective over her as a mother which she didn't but she doesn't know <laughs> she, she didn't know anything yeah um so then yeah you're still thinking about it to this day now that you've met jesus and understand you know the greater ramifications how how have you um how have you dealt with it well i'm so happy that um i have a relationship with jesus and just being reminded that you know being in a relationship with him it's it's one of the best because when jesus died on the cross you know a lot of you need to understand that when he died on the cross he died for your sins for yesterday today and tomorrow so you don't have to do anything he set you free just to understand that you know is 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 uplifting is freedom in itself and that everything that i did you know i didn't know him then but he set me free, and I know my son is in heaven with Jesus. Mm-mm. Yep, thank goodness for the redemption that we have in Jesus, the forgiveness. Um, but there, there's also the consequences, aren't there, of, of just having to live with, with that. But um, what would you say to women? Um, and it's interesting, the response a, a few months ago, I interviewed Uni, our good friend who is involved with Life Runners, and we talked about abortion in Fiji, and number of young women messaged me saying, um, you know, I disagree. You know, it's the woman's choice. It's her body. She can do what she wants. What, what do you say to women who are thinking of abortions? What would be your advice? My advice is with every decision that you make, there's a consequence. And I would really um, encourage you to just not choose... Not not choose uh, abortion, because I, I met a friend in, um, in in Jordan, and she's a midwife, and she explained to me everything about 
about the birth of a child, about the development of, of um, you know, um, of a baby from the from the egg you know to the embryo and all of that the stages and as soon as you as soon as the the baby is i mean as soon as the eggs meet and it's the you know baby's conceived there's life already there so even if it's week one to week you know you know to to the second month third month fifth month there is a baby that is a life and you know like and we need to be taught these things that you know and then you don't have and you're not alone that you know there are people that that can help you and even if you don't want this baby adoption consider adoption there's other mothers out there that want babies and don't have you know the blessing that you have that you're able to have a baby so you know and think about that child and I just want to remind you that every every child that's given to us is, is a gift from God and it's so precious. You know, during when I had that abortion, I told myself I will never have another abortion. And I never did because and I always waited just to, you know, see if I could conceive again. I'm 41 now. I haven't had the chance. Um, I, but although I did take precaution. But if I, I ever told myself um, if I ever had the chance, if I did fall pregnant, I would keep the baby. So it's something that I'm living with now. And I'm 41 the chances of getting pregnant now is risky for my age. Um, yeah, so, you know, just, I would really encourage you that you are not alone. You know, there's, you know, you can seek counseling. There's pro-lifers, uh, pro-life um, movement here in Fiji. Um, there's a lot of places, even if you're listening to this overseas, there's a lot of help out there overseas. You're not alone. And just to reach out to, you know, someone. Mm-mm. And I just, that's brilliant. I just want to say too, because quite often, and after that interview with Orni, a few people, well, what about in the case of rape? Uh, isn't that okay to have an abortion? But um, I, I believe all life is is precious. And just because the baby might have been conceived out of violence <laughs> doesn't mean that another form of violence fixes the problem. In fact, it only adds to it. Um, and I know people who are alive today who were conceived out of rape and they're doing great. Um, they're so thankful that they're alive. So, um, yeah, God is the God of life. Um, so having an abortion at five months, because you would have been showing somewhat then. Did, did, did other people know you were pregnant? Or what, what, how did you say that you suddenly weren't pregnant anymore? No one knew. I was very good in hiding it. In the clothes that I was wearing and stuff like that, yeah. So you just moved from New Zealand back to Fiji. Um, it was done within a week of me being here. It was very immediate, so I didn't see a lot of people. People didn't see what I looked like. Mm-mm. Was your mother aware? Oh, my mother was living in the United States at the time. She didn't. No one knew. The deal I had with my my dad was. Um, that nobody know but during the course of because after I had the abortion because of my uh, excessive drinking and disappearing acts he was really concerned and then he told my family what happened and I was so furious and I told him off I said we made a deal that no one know how dare you tell anyone it's not your place but you know I guess he was just concerned because of my drinking and disappearing and showing up you know whenever but yeah I guess because I didn't know how to deal with what I was going through and so for me I was just 
I was so hurt and I thought I have I should not have any joy because I just killed a life. Yeah. So, you know, you've only been a Christian for six years. <laughs> well, that's, that's amazing. Um, God's done so much. What has been the healing journey? Because it, it is, you know, if, if we break our arm, the first thing we do is go to the doctor and we find healing. But for so many of us, we've had all these traumatic things and we still limp along in life and then we get involved in other relationships, which just causes more mess because we haven't found the inner healing that we need to be strengthened. Um, so what, what's been part of the journey that you've been on to become a little more healthy? Um, hmm. Well, Jesus... Jesus, yes, Jesus is always the answer. But, um, you know, on the practical side, it's also making a choice, you know, making better decisions, making better choices. Um, you know, um, you, you know you're, I'm, you're working from eight to five for in, a, in your job. What are you doing after that? You know, one thing I learned from Miles Monroe was, you know, after 5 p.m. is is you. So I made a choice also to just, you know, uh, improve myself. Self-development was very important for me. So when I, you know, um, found Jesus and made a choice that I was going to follow him and not just be a Sunday Christian, but every day, it was a choice, you know, like getting up and training. And it was a choice that I had to um, follow Jesus every day and not just reading the Bible and doing nothing, you know, it's being practical, being consistent, um, you know, choosing to wake up, you know, and and go to work and train and making better choices. And I've also realized that time is very precious. And so, but it's been a process. So a lot of things that I was dealing with every year, relationships and all of that, um, and then meeting lovely people like uh, Letitia. You also have to look around, you know, in your environment and identify the people that will help you grow and help you thrive. And also identify the people that will just keep you in your yesterday. Not that it's bad, but like, you know, identify those people and keep them at a distance because they're not going to help you grow. And, you know, bring the ones closer to you that are going to help you thrive. And there is nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, you'll see a lot of, you know, stories in the Bible. Jesus had the twelve disciples, and that was his inner, and that was his circle. But I believe that his inner circle was, you know, him, John, and um, I forgot who was the other disciple. But I'm sure you can read the Bible and find out for yourself. That's their homework. Yeah, I think you've done really well at um, planting yourself in a great, healthy church community that's alive and that actually loves Jesus and spirit-filled and um, there's there's good small groups, good accountability. Um, that's been my observation um, that you've done that. But you've also given out a lot. You've also got a big heart for other people. Uh, we've been out on the streets to the sex workers. Um, and so giving out, taking what you've learnt and giving out, how important is that? Oh, that's very important because... Um yeah, I, I, well, I just feel that it's very important. You're taking a, in all of this knowledge and, you know, you should pour it out to others and, and be willing to help others as well. And so I've done that, you know, like 
even in the fashion industry, um, you know, helping people at work, um, other, you know, designers, you know, I'm also uh, amongst other fashion designers and just the willingness to just help them and, and, um, and give knowledge and share knowledge. And I think it's so important as a believer, you, like you don't hoard any of your knowledge because, you know, you should share it and give it freely. And, um, and so, and also I was part of the discipleship movement, you know, meeting other believers in town and just trying to, you know, uh, lift them up and um, being with Letitia when she comes on these short trips and we go out on the streets and go to the nightclub. So you might see us around. So don't hide, say hi. And uh, just go and encourage people. Mm -mm. Yes, we're at the nightclubs, not drinking ourselves silly, but we go, we love to go into the dark places and be a light and um, just especially just see where other young women are at and how we can encourage and support them. Yes, but it's interesting, the people we see in the nightclubs though. <laughs> Don't be a stranger. Um, yes, but giving out. Um, there's something else I was going to ask you. It slipped my mind. Yes. Um, anyway, it's, you know, a, an amazing journey that you've been on and that you are still on. Yes, um, this is what I was going to ask. After, you know, years of relationships, like now you don't strike me as someone who's still looking for love um, because you've found a different love. Yes, I have. Um, God has burdened my heart for what burdens his. And so in saying that, uh, my love now is for the Middle East. And, and, you know, like I just came back from the Middle East and I just love the experience that I had there, meeting so many people from different countries, different walks of life, and, um, and just being empowered. And, you know, by what I saw and how I helped them, and, um, you know, I, I traveled to Jordan, to Egypt, Turkey and Iraq and also had encounters and helped um, Syrian refugees, Iraqi refugees, Sudanese refugees. And it was so encouraging and uplifting as well. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Finding purpose and you are definitely um living your singleness to the utmost <laughs> uh, but then you're back here in Fiji working back at your shop and in your business and uh, you're an amazing woman so thank you for sharing uh, that journey we want to encourage you that if you've been through some of these issues there's hope and I think your story gives hope the hope is in Jesus uh, there's healing as we make ourselves um, accountable to other people as we confess we repent we share our stories um, you know, I, I'd known about your abortion, but you shared it publicly on Wednesday night for the first time. And I just asked you, how did it make you feel? And you said, free. And that's because you are free. Um, there's no condemnation. Um, and so I think you'll encourage many other people. So thank you for that. Um, if you're single, whether you're a man or a woman, this is just an amazing part of life to, to give your life to God, to um, yep, be developing yourself and your purposes in him so thank you any last final words Jackie um, yes if you're a single lady or if you're still in a relationship or if you're a single mother or if you're divorced I just want to remind you that you know um, you will find your fulfillment in Jesus 
And when you have a relationship with Jesus, and when you find the, you know, and when you start to understand the love that God has for you, oh my gosh, He loves you unconditionally, without expectation. You don't have to do anything. And that kind of love is just, and it's so real, and it's so clean. And and because I've found that with, with God, I don't, I don't strive to, to find a man to fill because I'm already full and I'm already complete in God. If I do, you know, come across and, I, and God presents a husband and then, you know, like this is a man you want to marry, then that's going to be good because God's going to be in it. And that would, for me, that would be for the fulfillment and the advancement of the kingdom. But right now, I just love my singleness and I'm guiding it because, you know, it's my relationship with God, which is most important. And um, my work that I'm so looking forward to, come, you know, doing in the Middle East. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You are an inspiration. Easily, I see your suffering. I see the pain beneath that bull of smile. Come out from hiding, the sun is rising. Let the islands hear reason. Let